0: Joe McKinney makes things happen. If you're young, broke, sleeping on couches, and don't think you can change the world, go to the Startup Societies Foundation webpage. Read Meaning, Responsibility, and Startup Societies. Then attend the Startup Society Summit in Washington, D.C., where just about everybody in the Startup Society Summit will speak, including me and we owe it all to Joe McKinney's hustle. Jordan Peterson should interview Joe McKinney. But first, Natalie gets to.
1: Okay, hello. I'm here with Joe McKinney, CEO of the Startup Society's Foundation. Hi, Joe. How are you?
2: Hi, Natalie. It's great to be on here.
1: Oh, no, no. It was more, It was greater for me to be there with you. <laughs> I have heard recently to a few podcasts of yours, so I'm not going to start with the typical question on what's a startup city or a startup society. And I'm, I'm going to start backwards. I first want to know what's your own version of Utopia?
2: Wow. <laughs> That's a tough one, Uh, especially with my work on Startup Societies. We've been sort of been taking a really broad approach. We want multiple people to try their own versions of utopia, Um. roughly speaking. Um, But for me, broad strokes, I want a world that has liberty and and justice and uh, and improvements in, in standard of living. Those those are my biggest things and also sort of tangentially A sense of purpose and meaning within a society. Whether how that's uh, achieved, I'm a little bit loose in the details, but I'm hoping through experimentation and, and startup societies we'll be able to find out what that will look like.
1: So a startup society, first of all, what is a startup society? And secondly, is it then therefore a way to achieve liberty somehow?
2: So a startup society is any form of experimental government located in a small geographic area. It's a, it's a very broad category. It includes things like special economic zones, seasteads, private cities, intentional communities, communes, eco-villages, etc. Um, how I would think liberty may be achieved is that if you have so much competition among startup societies, it's very easy to leave a startup society. Because of that, a government can't really be tyrannical meaning that there there would be lots of liberty within each startup society. So as a consequence of having little micro-governments that are easy to leave, that causes competition and that leads to more startup societies or governments adopting principles that promote liberty.
1: Okay, this is the political economy view of anarcho-capitalism, am I right?
2: Anarcho-capitalism has a, has a little bit of a different focus and, it, and they have a very exact prescription that is mostly focused on Rothbardian property rights and sort of a, a common law framework. This is a little bit broader. The way that I've been kind of explaining it is that Rothbardian uh, anarcho-capitalism is, is a form of iPad or a pad, you know, like one of those digital devices that you, that you write on and surf, surf the web on, but there's also an Android pad as well. They're very similar, same concepts. But at the same time, they have slight variations and they're less strict to a definition like Rothbard is. There's many people who think that the non-aggression principle is the only way to assert within a, a polity. But there might be other ways to govern that people agree to in a startup society that don't have to refer to a very strict version of Rothbardian property rights.
1: Okay, so what is then the relation between, or the difference between a startup society and a micronation?
2: A micronation is a variant of a startup society. Um, There are many different types of startup societies, like I say in special economic zones and and seasteads, and micronations are one of them.
1: I recently heard you saying that you didn't uh, see much prospectus in Leverland, but how do you think, for example, what do you think of Asgardia, for instance, the space nation?
2: Uh, I, would, I would like to see it off the ground. I, I would like to see a little more traction first. I know that there are some people with significant capital on board. Um, I think it, it might be more realistic if we have more of a private space industry. I know SpaceX is making some inroads. Yes. I know Jeff Bezos is trying to get into the field. Yes. Um, I definitely want to see it. Um, there's lots of technical problems and they are way larger than the problems of, of technical problems of seasteading. Yes. Um, but I think it could be really cool, you know, especially <laughs> industry. In, ultimately, I think startup societies could be seen as a precursor to space colonization. Yes. And yes. that the lessons that we learned from startup societies on Earth can or even in our orbit, can be later used for startup societies on Mars or in different galaxies altogether.
1: Absolutely. So I know that new spaces to be colonized, even if there's no human living there yet, like on space, they are still under, and even if they are not on Earth, they are under the monopoly of governments, right? Which is why I find very important what you say of more privatization in the space industry. Just recently, a couple of years ago, it was that U.S., if I'm not wrong, last year, U.S. allowed private companies to fly, to go to the moon, for instance. Um, What would be you and also luxembourg is working on
2: asteroid mining uh (laughs)
1: uh-huh exactly so what would be your idea where which would be yours the space in which you would like to build your own startup society would it be space seasteading on your water in mars in orbit where
2: I'm not going to limit myself. I'm going to try all these
1: Nice, nice. Any idea of how would you name your own city?
2: <laughs> I've thrown around a couple of name ideas, but they're all pretty lame, and I'm not willing to express them right now. If I, give, if I, if I come up with a really good one, I'll tell everyone, trust me.
1: <laughs> okay. I know that you grew up on a startup city called Celebration. Could you tell More of
2: a startup town, but yes, Celebration, Florida.
1: And uh, do you
2: ha- yes go on? Oh yeah, sorry. Uh, so Celebration, uh, Florida, was a semi-private town created by Walt Disney. Uh, originally, he where all the uh, Orlando theme parks are is essentially a private government. It's called the Reedy Creek Improvement District, okay. and he controls all the regulations. He controls all the infrastructure. He controls all the um, building codes, and, and has fired emergency services that are all entirely run by Disney corporation. And initially, he wanted to build an experimental city called Epcot, Experimental uh, City of Tomorrow. Unfortunately, after he died, there was less of a push to do that. It was a very futuristic city with, like, a giant mall and monorails connecting everything, and nice. no one was allowed to be unemployed. And it was very strange <laughs> but but, but a years later, they, they realized that there was still a plot of land that was unused by any of the theme parks. Uh, so they decided, if we don't use this land, the state of Florida is probably going to take it as a nature preserve. Yeah. So we might as well make something out of it. And they still had these urban ambitions in the back of their head. So they decided to, to build a town. However, it was, it was very different from Walt Disney, who wanted this techno-futuristic kind of cold design it was a variant of new urbanism, which was inspired by Jane Jacobs, which said that people in the suburbs are too isolated from one another yeah. and zoning businesses and, and uh, residential areas led to less connection among people. Yes. So it was, it was focusing heavily on public spaces like downtowns and parks and smaller uh, holdings of lands, more so than the suburbs. And it, had a, it was a very big urban planning experiment it looks kind of like Pleasantville or, uh, or the Truman Show. And in fact, he used just knock on our door and ask us if we were actors because they thought it was just another theme park. It just seemed too surreal for a lot of people. Um, and it, it went well for a while. It had some good urban planning principles. However, the problem was economics. There was no jobs in that area. It was in Osceola County, which is one of the poorest uh, counties in Florida. There was no jobs outside, um, in that area besides Disney jobs, and they were not, not well-paying enough to actually live in Celebration. So they were mostly like digital nomads as we know them today that okay. were moving there. And another problem is that it was not a fully private city. While they completely controlled the infrastructure, they built the infrastructure from scratch, really top-line telecommunications and electric infrastructure all underground and roads and everything like that. However, they didn't yeah. control fire and police, and they did not control uh, how schools were run. So that presented a lot of problems later on. And because of they, Disney didn't want to incorporate it into its own town and instead allowed Osceola County to annex it, it wasn't able to achieve a lot of its urban ambitions that it originally sent out to. So right now, it's a successful development. It's not a successful startup society, unfortunately, as much uh-huh. as I love that town.
1: I understand. Do you have any favorite example of a contemporary startup city or a
2: few, uh, a couple? You I mean, the be best one has to be Shenzhen. I okay. mean, in 30 years, it moved from a series of fishing villages to now has the same gross domestic product as as nation states. Uh, that's 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 too incredible to not think that's not the yeah. number one. Singapore is up there as well, yes. to be honest.
1: Yes, Singapore is amazing. So what do you think makes startup society so special compared to how traditional governments manage other territories?
2: Well there's this, actually this quote by uh, Isaac Asimov in his in his book Foundation um, he he compares an imperial type system to like a small little polity and he says that the big ones they assert their power through you know essentially coercing people with big weapons and those little areas may are forced to provide goods for people, profit and prosperity and good lives, because that's all they can provide. And as a consequence, I think th- that small nations are much more instrumental yes. to providing better lives for people than large ones. And I think that's ultimately why they're needed to cause competition in, in, in the political world. Because right now it has stasis and it's so focused on coercive methods of
1: Yes, yes. Yeah, it's definitely... Do you see this... Uh, I don't want to call it increasing trend because it, I see it more as a fact, as a reality. Where do you see, however, this increasing trend taking us? How do you see the future as more and more startup cities continue to emerge?
2: It'll probably have to come out of a period of intense distrust from nation states. Yes. Um, unfortunately. <laughs> startup societies don't tend to arise in areas with strong states. Because of states, the last thing they want to give up is, is land. Land is their key asset. Yes. So there will have to be a, lot of, a little bit of chaos first. And then you'll start seeing breaking up or people will start relinquishing, states will voluntarily relinquish areas that they can't really control. Um, hopefully, like areas that are just completely uninhabited, people will let in new polities that didn't exist before. Yes. So they won't have this whole political problem or as much of one. Uh, hopefully, the startup society's method will actually be a solution to that chaos and you kind of find this and after areas of intense chaos that come from these periods of stasis that we're currently in you you see a lot of uh, an outcropping of new smaller polities and these new smaller polities begin to form alliances and create a new order um, more stable and more productive and more peaceful than before so that's what i hope you start to see a ton more small little states, all connected, having alliances based on trade. Hopefully, a lot of those ties will be based on blockchain. And I think that I think a lot of those alliances and those trade agreements will be built on blockchain infrastructure.
1: I love your answer. It reminds me of co-evolution in population ecosystems after huge periods of stasis, then you have a big disruption that changes the order of the system, and then you achieve a new stasis. So do you think at some point, say it a couple of, uh, from few decades to centuries, do you think nation states are going to, as we know them now, the Westphalian state, are going to continue, are going to be replaced fully by startup cities and more and more micronations?
2: Uh, I mean, I would hope to think <laughs> that, but honestly they might, that's, that's way, probably way too idealistic. Unfortunately, you see a lot of these everything is kind of in this area is kind of cyclical. A lot of these sharp cities, yeah. you know, ones that are really successful and provide the, the best ways of life, they tend to grow big, you know, not necessarily through military po- conquest, hopefully not, yes. but just because of people want their products so much. as a consequence, you'll start to see monopolies. Um, and at first they may be justified but then they'll later become modern day nation states likely and then we'll have to go through this process again. I think the best thing we can do is to have this continually push for this idea that that small governments are necessary to revivify the old system and maybe we can hold it off for a long um, long term as possible and if we if we live in a heavenly world maybe we can continue to keep um, to, to have the startup society mindset in mind so maybe we never have it and i think it might be easier with these new technologies because of like blockchain because Mm -hmm. it's becoming or or the internet you know decentralizing Mm -hmm. information it's increasingly hard to 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 centralize so maybe that will also be another force that will keep it at bay but i'm not going to say blanketly that we're going to see the end of nation states forever we can hope and we can try that
1: (laughs) You mentioned technologies and I see every time more efforts into green technologies and also new cities, for example, in China uh, being planned, focus fully on the environment. There is one city called that is going to be built, Liu Su Forest City. I don't know if you're familiarized with it. It's going to have 40,000 trees planted. Uh, how do you see cities that are being developed from scratch and fully focused on the environment fit into the startup societies and startup cities trend?
2: I, I think they're a worthy uh, version of experimentation. And there's, there's a lot of these little experiments. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that Rengen Villages, which frames itself as a Tesla of eco villages, is, is forming a, a, a town near Amsterdam. And I want to mm-hmm. see more of these things. As, yes. as it becomes an increasing concern to deal with the environment, I think that more and more people will be attracted to this. Yes, um, it, it'll 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 be nice. And I I know that a lot of sea standing, a lot of their focus is on this as well. It's yes. beautiful because if not only does it address you know the concerns with rising sea levels, mm-hmm. it also can claim to actively restore the environment through a lot of farming on the sea. I know that. Joe Quirk has mentioned that algae farming or kelp farming, for instance, actually has a restorative effect. Mm.
1: Well, Joe, thank you very much for being here and for accepting. I'm very, very glad to have spoken to you and goodbye. Of course,
0: likewise. (laughs) Thanks for joining us on the Blue Frontiers podcast. To learn more about our work and find out how you can support the project, visit blue-frontiers.com or visit our social channels. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Blue Frontiers, or shoot us a note via our website. If you learned something and enjoyed the show, tell a friend or leave us a positive review on iTunes or wherever you're listening. Don't forget to subscribe to our show and remember to join us for the next episode. See you next time.